0: Now that families are, are already being destroyed, it's time to destroy religion more thoroughly by making it impossible for people to suspend their, uh, their sense of tribalism, the tribe that they belong to. to it, it's now impossible for most people to suspend the tribal factions that the world puts them into because now tribe is paramount. You're listening to The Alex Spicer Show where we explore the fundamental principles of freedom and happiness in light of current and historical events. By exploring these principles, I hope to enlighten and inspire you to make the difference our nation needs to get through the troubled waters of today and tomorrow. One of the great things about religion, or about spiritual religion, organized religion, is that it creates commonality, which is the basis of, of, of uh, unity. Uh, generally speaking, uh, th- that's what people unify on. They, they find something that is common between themselves and someone else, something that they can relate to, and they, they feel closer to that person. They, they can be unified with that individual in some sense. As Christians, we believe we are all children of God. All human beings on this planet are children of God. That alone helps us to see uh, others as equals, as deserving love, respect, and decency. And it's not surprising that we have a lack of love, respect, and decency today. But as we embrace this idea that men, women, men and women, excuse me, are ch- God's children, and therefore that, that means that we are all, in a sense, brothers and sisters, right? We, we are all Part of some gigantic family, then we we can soon find our prejudices melting away. Now, why why would why would that melt our prejudices away? Well, it's because we are as a family we are meant to care for one another. Just because it's very uh, easy to relate in your own family, you're never exactly the same as your sibling or your parent but yet you're willing to go out of your way to help them. You're, you're there to support them in, in some way, shape, or form. And, and you're willing to put up with them too, because they are your family member. And you feel inclined towards them in some way, because you know them. You you, you can empathize with them. You, uh, you grew up with them. But in the same sort of way, if we are all members of the same family, the human family, if we are all children of God, then regardless of whether or not you actually grew up with that person, there are things you can relate about, and there's also opportunity for us to increase our level of of respect and and uh, and empathy towards those that we do not, towards others who do not have the same uh, life experience as us, those who have experienced other things. It gives us the opportunity to become more humane and more loving by trying to empathize with other people. False notions of race, they tend to melt away when you embrace this religious idea because we see that everyone is all part of one race and that is the human race. And enmity between groups cannot exist while we internalize this family concept because Truly, groups start to melt away. Things like political differences really don't matter as much as as the uh, the the commonality that we have between one another. One of the reasons that I've always been a staunch patriot is actually because it envelops this belief, patriotism. Excuse me, envelops this belief of national identity uh, that uh, that of being an American. I mean that that has been one very attractive piece of patriotism in my life cuz i want to feel unified i want to feel like everyone around me is is uh, is a fellow citizen who who has a lot of concerns and they're just they're just normal good people i don't look for differences i look for the sense of we're in this together political peace is easier to establish when we recognize each other as fellow Americans, and not enemies. And moreover, the strength of our peace will depend upon deeper principles of unity found in religion. That's the thing about religion. It's cohesive. It puts glue on each of us and sticks us in the same human story. And despite where in the story we are, or what our setting in the story may be, we are the same because we are in a story that we share. Our experiences and backgrounds don't have to match. And they don't, ever. <laughs> and that's not what makes us the same. It's this premise. That you and I are human beings with, with flaws. We have strengths, and weaknesses, uh, trials, and blessings that are unique to each of us. And we should want to help each other out because... Going back to this family idea, that's what families do. Now, some take this notion or similar notions about helping each other out to support, uh, to support something. Uh, excuse me. They they take this idea of supporting each other, helping each other out, uh, to then support a, a very evil political cause or, or political ideology, and that's socialism. But that's not the same thing. Socialism, it's is for that is forcing people to do what is considered good for everyone. Now, you, like, so you have to force everyone, uh, you have to force all of society to do what is considered good for everyone. What is fair? And in the words of uh, Milton Friedman, he says, "You have to. De- uh, someone has to decide what is fair. Is that you? Is that everybody? Not really. It's those who are uh, in the political power. Those who are kind of manipulating the system. Those who are above us. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be better if we had the ability to just decide for ourselves what we believe to be fair and good? And that's the thing, though. If we embrace this idea of the of uh, all of us being family, then we have an obligation and responsibility to help one another. But that's upon us to fulfill. And, and But when you force people to do it, there's no morality to it. There's no uh, goodness to it. There's no righteousness to it. It's all it's compulsion. And truly, you really start to dislike other people because you will uh, you feel robbed. You feel robbed by, uh, by everyone and especially by the government because they're taking from you to give to others. And not everyone is going to put in the same amount of effort. And that causes actually great levels of contention. And it's just a really bad deal all the way around the last place that we should ever look for charity or for service is the government because government is incapable of benevolence without without creating benevolence at the expense of others. Or, in other words, government might create charity for some, but to do so, it must steal from others to do it. And it, that's really why... James Madison, when he was president, he was so furious. I believe he was president at this time. You know, the, uh, hopefully I'm not misqu- or misremembering, but I believe he was president at the time. And this is why uh, he was speaking to Congress. They were going to pass a bill uh, to provide money to French refugees from Haiti. Uh, and clearly they were doing something that all of the founders agreed and, and they even decreed that uh that doing so was something like this was outside the responsibility of government and outside the constitutional form of government that they had set up and at the same time excuse me at this time though james madison he expressed this sentiment which i feel like really emphasizes the point he says i cannot take excuse me i cannot undertake to lay my finger on that article in the constitution which granted a right to congress of expending on objects of benevolence the money of their constituents. That's important because it's not charity at that point. You're spending someone else's money and it's so much easier. And I've talked about this actually in other episodes as well, that, um, there's nothing more about socialism because in the end, it's, uh, it's a, uh, <laughs> pitiful excuse for charity because it's not charity because uh, charity is, is, uh, acts of love that you, do yourself that you create yourself. When government delves out, shovels out perks to people on benefits to people, and you feel like you're doing a good job by helping other people in that way. You're just lazy because you're not actually going out of your way to help them. You just go, Oh yeah, I'm happy to take some of my money and actually tons of others money to help these people in that way. That's, that's not how charity works. And also you didn't get the consent of other people to, uh, to spend their money in that way there the, actually that's the role of church the ideal situation and and one that was far more similar to what I'm bu- I'm about to describe it was similar at the beginning of America when it was founded is that you have a government that you have government and its only role really is to protect you and your rights and then you know there's a couple others here but that's that's the central purpose of it nothing charitable in there nothing benevolent and then the churches their role was to provide the charitable givings, the, the to, uh, keep a pulse on the heartbeat of the community, looking out for those who are struggling. And churches still do that today. But churches have also been hindered in their ability to do so because of government regulations and government trying to take over this role. So if you contrast... The government doing that contrast that to a church when when a church does this right when they are going to help other people where they so people gather together at a church in a sense of community and they are willing to provide they willingly that's the important part. they willingly provide their own resources of all types to help others and, and not just others in their like other people within their congregation but in the community at large, or even in other parts of the world. And it happens all the time. I remember Hurricane Harvey. I mean, there were tons of people all over the nation that were uh, donating all sorts of resources and, and driving down there with all, all sorts of things that the, that the people who had lost their homes would need. And also cleaning up and, and providing help in that way. They, they helped so much. And, that was, and, and a lot of these organizations that were doing so, the majority of them really were religious organizations and religious people. That they, they would even do so without waiting for their congregation as a whole to act together, but they would be proactive about helping other people. And, and a lot of that, remember, that comes down to this feeling of empathizing and having um, an inclination towards our fellow man. One of the most disturbing appearances of evil, uh, it, it comes in the intentional destruction of unity between neighbors and fellow countrymen by the political left. This attack has been going on for decades, really. And not surprisingly, much of this attack began originally began toward the family. Well, I can't say necessarily originally. There's there's a lot of other pieces in there, but if we go back a couple of decades, you see a really, really strong attack toward the family. For example, when L- LBJ pushed the war on poverty, we ended up with programs full of perverse incentives. Uh, if, For example, um, people who are in, uh, women who are in low economic circumstances, they could receive government assistance uh, if they had a child, um, so let's say they were a single mom in a sense. Uh, or, or they, you know, they were lower, they were poor, they had uh, a child, but if they were going to get that assistance, they could not have a man in the home. And that's, that is a perverse incentive to say, all right, we'll help you out. But this person, whether you marry him or not, uh, he, uh, he he can't be in the home for this if you want these uh, benefits. And think about it, like, even, even for those who, who, um, have child, children out of wedlock, there are plenty of people and it's getting smaller, it seems now, but there have been plenty of people who choose to basically have a family to, to accept those responsibilities and obligations that were put upon them by, uh, their choosing to conceive a child. And so even if they didn't get married, they stick around and they, they participate in raising the child. They, they, uh, you know, maybe they cohabitate, but either way, they're still there. But when you incentivize people to break that up because you get some sort of kickback, you get some sort of benefit, well, that, that's a horrible attack on the family and it plays upon some of the, some of the grossest and sadly some of the worst, uh, weaknesses of mankind. As you break down the family though, you create a void that every individual has and that, uh, and this, um, this void that is there is this need to belong to have a teacher a guardian a role model especially a fatherly role model as fathers are most commonly not present in the home now that void it it can't remain empty it doesn't people will gravitate and they they do gravitate to something to fill it and so many people today who, who are in these uh unfortunate circumstances, who come from broken homes, are ending up in in gangs or even political activist groups, uh, and they are participating in the activities of those groups. Once people no longer have a family as a source of strength and direction, the ideology, the values of the group that they join becomes their values, becomes their ideology, and simply stated the ideology of these groups are rarely spiritual, or or religious, and nor do they teach sound principles. Now you have a situation where religion and the unity across all all people of all types, um, uh, all types of religions and backgrounds and non-religions, uh, it's that sort of unity is pretty much it's becoming non-existent. That is our situation today. Religions like Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, they all exist primarily in a family unit. Though individuals can and and do associate in these religions uh, without their families, the strength and perpetuation of these religions depend upon families. And what's more, families depend upon religion for strength as well. So, the reason why I went back and I was talking about, you know, there's a breakdown of the family... And how that's a, and I'm alluding to how that's a impact on the breaking down of, of religion and the unity religion brings, is that when religions depend primarily upon families for perpetuation, then when you get rid of families, it, it's it's hard to perpetuate religion and religious culture, religious values. That, that kind of just goes away. And what's the sad part is, in the other on the other side of this coin, religion has been attacked it's been suppressed and minimized for years and years now and families actually as much as religion depends upon families to be perpetuated uh at least some these spiritual these good spiritual religions families depend upon religion in order for them to be strong to to last to have positive outcomes like good relationships uh teach good morals so religion, they, they often strengthen families in two ways, if I'm going to just simplify this. And that is by giving them a set of values and principles to abide by in order for them, for the people in the family, the individuals in the family to develop more moral character. So giving them a set of values and principles to develop more moral, moral character, excuse me, can't seem to say that word. <laughs> and, uh, the other is by having a community of fellow members who provide assistance and support when families struggle? That's very common. When, when other members of your faith, the congregation, are struggling, you're there and you see them. You, you associate with them and you recognize that they need help. In, in that way, they they have an even deeper uh, sense of of what is going on, and regularly support and help one another. I mean, that's a really good thing. Uh, even, even if you struggle with, (laughs) with enjoying uh, or, or believing in religion alone, religion provides that sort of a community, that sort of support there. And that who doesn't want that? That's fantastic. You don't want to abuse it. The, the, within these, um, religious groups, right? If you have good moral values, which most of them teach, then you have this assumption that despite your flaws, despite your inadequacies, you're trying your best. People assume that you're trying to live it uh, as best as you can. Uh, live up to the principles that are moral and good that you that everyone um, is taught to live. The political religion of today, though, uh, it tries to infiltrate everything, and at this time, they try to destroy the unity of religion now, right now by trying to trying to destroy it from the inside out now that families are, are already being destroyed it's time to destroy religion more thoroughly by making it impossible for people to suspend their uh their sense of tribalism the tribe that they belong to to it it's now impossible for most people to suspend the tribal factions that the world puts them into because now tribe is paramount Means more than anything else, and what is your tribal? This tribal identity can be race, can be sexual orientation or identity, gender identity, um, can be political ideology or or um, a political party. Even these tribes mean more. We've all heard uh, the term intersectionality. I mean, really, the the more tribes that you can belong in, uh, that that are not considered evil, because there are certain tribes that are considered evil and that you don't want to be like, the more you can be like, uh, these other tribes that are valued and are deserving of some sort of kickback merit or support. Well, then the, the, the more privilege that, that you end up with. And, uh, and the sad thing is because political religion and this tribalism that it promotes is infiltrating all your areas of our lives it's hard for people to go to church now without trying to let that down without trying to, um, it's hard to go to church and to not think about it because now you're all on edge. I know that I've been on edge many a times where I'm like, can I make this comment about something I learned in the scriptures in Sunday school right now? Or someone going to get offended because of some sort of political, uh, dumb thing here or there because Paul, like everything is political now. I think that there is so much good that human beings are capable of doing. I'm not the cynical type where I believe that human beings are innately evil. I believe that we, uh, just like the founders, that we have the capacity for great evil and for great good, but that we have to safeguard against the, the, the capability of great evils that we, um, that are within us. And, and, the unity, the the support that religion gives helps safeguard against that. Because tr- if we go back to tribalism, that is often, that is a very easy, um, for, that is an easy, uh, very, very typical foible of human, human characters and, and, uh, uh, behaviors. You know, we are very prone to going into becoming parts of tribes and sure. You can, you, maybe some people will say, well, isn't religion a tribe? And in a sense, sure, it is. But it's, it's an all-inclusive tribe because of this sense of humanality of us being part of the same family. We need religion. Even if you aren't religious, you, you, you should really support religion because you want people to get along. You want there to be equality of liberty and of rights. Even if you don't always disagree, because you know that any time something is done unjustly and um, tyrannically toward one a group of pe- group of people, means that you are just as prone to um, uh, to experience those same sort of inequalities and and injustices poured out upon you. That that is the way of of all um, uh, political revolutions that go sour is that there's this sense of uh, of people deserving more and um and not recognizing that you know we we are all we're all really trying to do our best and and we can help one another but only if we so choose and speaking of revolutions I, I think of how the American Revolution the American Revolution they the founders they really cared about God and they cared about religion they cared about the 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 space and, and purpose of religion. It played a major role. In fact, if you read, <clears throat> there, there's a lot of different quotes and, and writings out there that show that the founders really understood that religion had a strong role to play within society. It wasn't minimized. The separation of church and state was to prevent a, a, uh, a ideology, a belief, a religion to be, pr- uh, propped up by government and then made mandatory uh, or at least supreme over the land and then that would cause you know obviously troubles with uh the uh, anyone else who had different beliefs would then be oppressed in some way or shape or form and we speak usually in terms of spiritual religion but that's the same with political religion it is a religion it is dogmatic it is it is a bunch of its beliefs and that 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 is a religion, and so if that becomes preeminent, then yes, you see all these other spiritual religions, people who who believe differently, being attacked and um, oppressed or mistreated in some way, shape, or form, and that does happen, and it's happening all the time today. And then you have like the French Revolution, right? So the American Revolution, they they were very conscientious of the the um, the morality. Uh, that religion promoted and they were actually very disturbed by the, the French revolution because it wasn't the same as the American revolution. Whereas the American revolution really recognized that God had a role in all this, uh, and that, uh, they, they needed this, this spiritual element. The, the, uh, um, French revolution was actually, um, <laughs> it, it was, uh, they kicked out religion. It was irreligious. And it really disturbed the, the, the founders because they knew, basically, you know, they understood human behavior and they knew what would happen if you get rid of religion and the moral principles it promotes, then you can unleash all sorts of evils upon people and you just end up killing one another. You, you uh, hurt one another. And man, there were a ton of religions in, or excuse me, not religions, uh, revolutions in France that took place. And there were lots of awful, murderous things that happened. And that's, that is what happens when you throw out the good moral principles that religion can provide. When, once religion, spiritual religion, uh, is irrelevant, then political religion is all that matters. And the reason why people are so justified, they feel so inclined that they're so easily, um, uh, easily tempted into hurting one another into killing each other in this way is because there is nothing to tell them it's wrong. There's only, there's only the government and party to tell you what you're doing is right. And that's because without God, there's no, uh, supreme or, or highest moral authority. Government becomes the highest moral authority and the morals are whatever your, your political group says they are. So you can do whatever you want. There there's, there's no, um, remorse. There's no conscience to hold you back because you are now only conscious of, of doing what is right by your party rather than what is right by all of mankind. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, hit the like button. Also, I'd love um, to hear from you if you have any questions or comments. I'd love to know what you think. What do you think about religion? Is it unifying? I gave a lot of reasons as to why it is, but if you don't think so, tell me. Or if you have other additional thoughts, I'd love to hear them. Also, if if you know of anyone who needs to hear this, that this could give some light, shed some light to someone, or, or help them feel less alone, because it's easy to feel alone as uh, when you are religious in today's world, and people are become more and more secular. Sometimes they need to hear that there's someone out there that that thinks and believes this way, because I know that if you're listening to this, you, odds are you do too. Live free until next time. I'll talk to you all later.